Hello, and welcome to the Folklore and Fiction Podcast. My name is Kelly McCath Morin. I'm a PhD candidate in the Folklore Department at Memorial University of Newfoundland, and I'm also a speculative fiction writer under the pseudonym C.S. McCath. The Folklore and Fiction Podcast and Dispatch synthesize these passions with a focus on folklore scholarship aimed at storytellers. You'll find the Folklore and Fiction archive along with the rest of my work online at folkloreandfiction.com. Interested listeners will find a link to the current dispatch in the show notes, where a more comprehensive record of this episode can be found, including a bibliography and other references. This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast was first published as a newsletter in September 2020. I'm recording it as a supplemental podcast now so that new listeners and subscribers have an opportunity to engage with the material. In it, I'm writing about language and verbal lore, with help from scholars J.L. Austin and Richard Bauman, author Frank Herbert, Swedish performers Emma Aisland and Asa Larsson, and others. I'm also exploring the use of language and verbal lore in storycraft and providing you with an exercise on the topic. Settle in, friends. I squeezed a discussion of conspiracy theories into my newsletter schedule last month, so this is nearly a double edition. How Folklorists Understand Language and Verbal Lore In this edition of the newsletter, I'll be introducing you to a bit of performance theory as it relates to language and verbal lore, but I promise not to make it chewy, as my performance theory professor might have said. Let's begin with a list of folkloric texts that might be categorized under this month's heading. Most of these are common types of human expression that don't need to be defined, but I'll provide explanatory notes where I think they might be helpful. Blaisons populaire. These are stereotypes that may take the form of football chants, jokes, proverbs, and other kinds of verbal lore that depict an in-group in a positive way at the expense of an out-group or vice versa. Blessings, graces, and prayers. Boasts and toasts. Calls to animals. Chants and rhymes. Dialectical language. These may include idioms, occupational terms, regional pronunciations of words, regional names for animals and plants, etc. Gestures and hand signals. Greetings and leave-takings. Insults, retorts, and taunts. Jokes riddles and word games, mnemonics, nicknames for animals, people, and places, oaths and promises, and proverbs. When folklorists analyze language and verbal lore, we look at both the text and context together. There are good reasons for this, and I'll discuss a few of them by way of example. In How to Do Things with Words, language scholar J.L. Austin argues that a grammatical performative case exists in situations when making a statement constitutes taking an action. This sort of thing happens when we take oaths or make promises, so I'll use the oath of Canadian citizenship to explore it a little further. Here's the oath. I swear, or affirm, that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. So far, we only have the text of the oath. However, we don't have an equally important component of oath-taking, its context. Austin argues that four conditions must be met for making a statement to constitute taking an action, and these will help us contextualize the oath of Canadian citizenship. 1. 
There must be an accepted conventional procedure having a certain conventional effect, the procedure to include the uttering of certain words by certain persons in certain circumstances. 2. The particular persons and circumstances in a given case must be appropriate for the invocation of the particular procedure invoked. 3. The procedure must be executed by all participants correctly. And 4. The procedure must be executed by all participants completely. The oath of Canadian citizenship must be taken at a public citizenship ceremony. This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast is a preview, and you can listen to the full episode on the Folklore and Fiction website. Just click on the dispatch link in the show notes, or go to folkloreandfiction.com and sign up for a free account. Thanks very much for your interest. Copyright 2019-2023. Kelly S. McCath-Morin. All rights reserved unless Creative Commons licensing is specifically applied. <laughs>